You're listening to Resident Advisors Exchange. I'm Martha. Thank you for joining us. Helena Starr is our interviewer this week as we take a listen to her conversation with Chicago legend Jamie326. People go to dance their troubles away. People go to get lost in music for for a reason and it, it helps, you know, it helps people. And with that being taken away, that's why it's been so hard for a lot of people as, as well. It's not just about people, you know, get drunk and high and just jump all around. No, it's a community aspect to it. It's a lot more to it and it's much more deeper than that. Driven by the deep desire to make people lose themselves in the dance and forget their problems, Jamie326 hails from Beverly on the south side of Chicago, a house music hotbed. The jewels of every Jamie326 DJ set have to be his famous edits. And Jamie recently released a treasure trove of these with BBE Music. Jamie spoke to Helena about the roots of Chicago edit culture, the importance of caring for your body whilst touring, and about life in Rotterdam, where he's based. I hope that you have a wonderful listen to Jamie326 and Helena Starr on RA's Exchange. real pleasure to now be speaking with you, Mr. Jamie326. Your sets, your mixes, your your edits have been such a staple in my household. So now to kind of sit across from you on Zoom, <laughs> but still across from you is a, is a real pleasure. So thank you so much. Oh, you are more than welcome. And thank you. And once again, you know, thank you for supporting and rocking my stuff. You know, and it's crazy <laughs> how, you know, you made my jam a you know, reaching out and saying, hey, thanks, you know, and look where we at now. So, you know, the universe is, is something else, you know, which which is a good thing, you know. So I thank you and appreciate you and everyone else, you know, enjoys what I do, you know, and, and, and create. I, I appreciate it, you know. A hundred percent. I feel like your your energy and your vibe, it really does translate into the music that you play and you create. Um, you, you were mentioning before that, that's just something you like to put out like in terms of how you are to other people in the world. Where do you think that's kind of stemmed from for yourself? Uh, I believe one advantage I've always had is that I started off on the other side of the DJ booth. I started off as a head, as a dancer. And mm. that, I don't know, I look back on it, it gives me an advantage because when I make something still to this day, if it doesn't make me dance and go, woo, and feel it like I'm at a party as well as I can envision what it would do to people mm. because I know what it did to me. You know, if I can't create that feeling or it doesn't give me that feeling, then I'm like, okay, I have to, you know, start all over again. But I would have to say, you know, that first from, from partying, uh, you know, as a kid, even from, you know, my, my uncle having house parties, my family having house parties. And it, it's just been, you know, in, in the system, especially, in Chicago, that's just been, you know, that's where it started, you know, basement house parties, and then you graduated to school dances, then you graduated to the teen clubs <laughs> or the skating rinks, then you graduated to either the underground or commercial. You know, 
So it was the same like with my uncle. So, you know, he was heavy mm. into disco and things like that. So he was a teenager in the seventies. You know, my mom, you know, had a club, they threw parties. And I grew up in a apartment building where party was starting one apartment and then moved to another apartment. They moved Amazing. to another apartment. And while those parties moved to different apartments, they also <laughs> moved me to a different apartment. <laughs> you came with the parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I would sneak out and then, you know, they realized I'm finally in the party because I'm either trying to go to the record player or stuff like that. And then, yeah, get in the bed, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. And- See, you've always been surrounded by music. It's been like a part of your life from such a, an early age. Yeah, yeah, always. And, I mean, it comes from my family. You know, we own bars and lounges since I can oh, remember. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I, I spent a lot of time in in family bars and lounges. And then as well, like I yeah. said, family events. And uh, yeah, it's just always been around me from my parents, from, from mm. everybody. So growing up as a kid with two teenage uncle and a teenage uh, cousin, in, in the 70s, when they were coming of age, you know, I was surrounded by a lot of stuff. So I had my cousin was into funk and rock. my mm. mom was in the funk, soul and disco. You know, I had my uncle who was in the funk, soul and disco. So, yeah, it, it was just, you know, always around me. And, and then it just, you know, grew into something else once the culture changed in Chicago. And it got to a point where DJing, you know, was the thing. Mm. And at one time in Chicago every block had at least two DJs on. So it was like mm. DJs everywhere. So it was like the, the whole hot mix culture and all of that spread it. So it's like the same thing. It, it really parallels just like the hip hop culture. You had street DJs, you know, you had that. Yeah. And the underground thing. And, and it's almost the same thing because you had dress. But a similar culture. time. No? Yeah, and yeah, at similar yeah. times. We just didn't know, you know. So mm. it, as well as it's, it's one thing that, that uh, a lot of outsiders really don't understand is that in regards to like the term house, it doesn't just mean the electronic, you know, aspect of it. We were calling and saying so many forms of music was house like years before, you know, years before the actual electronic part of it was. That's so interesting. Yeah. So some things now that people consider electro and all this kind of stuff, we all called it house. So it's like we Mm. danced the, so we danced to punk, we danced to new wave, we danced to, you know, what you call New York underground, all this kind of stuff. All Just like an stuff. amalgamation of all yes. the sounds that you heard yes. on that time, like in those parties, in those apartment yes. blocks. All yeah. mixed up, you know, all together, you know, so it it, it was a youth movement as well because it's like you had the high schools and all that. So it's like if you went to a popular high school as well as the Catholic school, so you you could always go to the all girls school dances for the girls, and then the girls would come to like the all boys school dances. So yeah, it was like <laughs> whole underground culture, you know. With all listening to house music, yes, house music, disco, all of that. And like I said, mm. at the same time, you had kids who were like between the ages of thirteen and seventeen getting beat down by Ron Hardy, Frankie Knuckles, Lil Lewis, you know, the gods. So it's like, mm. it was almost like a training ground. So, you know, it's like a lot of us were exposed to some deep, heavy sounds as, as teenagers, you know, compared yeah. to, and, and it, it also helped train a lot of us. So it's like, I'm part of what we call the second generation. So 
came up after, you know, like some of the originals, but we had a whole mm. other segment because basically when we were teenagers, that's when it really went crazy. It went all around. So the you city. were watching it. Mm. I was right in the middle of it. You were so, in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In it, you know, starting from the radio and then to, you know, my yeah. first, you know, neighborhood parties and going out and experiencing mm. everything. And that was a whole, a whole experience within itself because you would go to the mall, you got to get your fit, you, you got to get tight, you got to look good to go to, you know, go to the party. So, yeah, yeah. It, it, most what would be the, well, that's process. interesting, actually. Sorry, I was going to say yeah. the fashion. I feel like that's something which I'm always talking about the music, but I'm always interested about like what the main look was for people. Like you said, going to the mall, getting a fit. Was there like a look that everyone would go for? Uh, no, it was at one time, because basically, you know, this it's the real aspect of like the underground culture of house. You know, it, it comes from black gay roots. So yep. because they were all into fashion and things like this, mm. and this is the early 80s, you know, they were wearing early, early like Armani, you know, early mm. Armani things and things like that. But as well, some of these people weren't purchasing <laughs> <laughs> these brands, <laughs> but they were rocking them. So but they were looking good. <laughs> they were looking good. So then it like trickled down. So you kind of had... Yeah. A fashion sense, you know, to it. So as well, you know, especially like for my age group, we were wearing like Guess, K Swiss, Willy Wear. Uh, <laughs> God, I can go through so so many. Even going to the mall and buying stuff from like a shop called The Lark or Oak Tree, uh, uh, all this U Man, Benetton. Like I have one that kind of <laughs> yeah. stuff. Is, it's like is is it was classic gear. So you kind of had a look, yeah. and it kind of went yeah. from preppy to like house so it was like it, mm. you had a look so you either wore izod and levi's and penny loafers or boat shoes you know with with argyle socks that, that kind of stuff basically you look like kind of look like carlton from the press <laughs> prince you know like that's the best way to, to put it with the high top too <laughs> oh that yo yeah most definitely it was like that kind of hairstyle kind of came really came in when when grace jones came out with that album uh mm. I, uh, in 1981, so it was like, but as well, only the cutting edge people kind of wore that kind of look and style. And then, as it progressed a few years later, yeah, then you had big hair, big pumps, you know, all of that. I, That's I had amazing. a nice pump myself. So yeah, you could see someone, especially if you were like on the train or whatever. You see a group of people and they look in a certain way, and you just like, where the party at? Because you would just know. <laughs> you would know. That's where they're going. <laughs> or you would be on the same train, going to the same area. You'd be like, oh, yeah, they're going to the party. You know. <laughs> same party. Yeah, it was like that. Yeah, <laughs> going to the party. So you you were, you like you just said, you were actually a dancer first and foremost. You were in the middle of the crowd. You were listening to all the music and and, and kind of soaking up this first generation of, of DJs, right? And then yeah. when for you... When, when for you, did you make that, that switch or was it kind of like a gradual thing? You just, you kind of it, fell into it. You know, it was kind of, I would say mid, mid eighties, especially like I just used to love, you know, listening to the mixes and all that on the radio. And then like when I first saw a DJ really, you know, mix in the real world, I'm mm. like, oh, like this is the shit. But I really wasn't this even is what like, they're doing. Yeah, yeah. So I really wasn't even like 
dancing or anything like that. I was just, you know, watching the DJ. And as I got a little older, then I, you know, kind of came out my shell and really started, you know, dancing and things like that. And we even had a, a DJ to dance and all of that. But I, at first I really didn't, I was a natural. I never was taught, you know, by anyone. I'm self-taught, you know, and I learned yeah. studying off the radio and watching people and things like that. And my friends at one time, they were actually much more better than me. And I used to get nervous. And yeah. when I would, would get on and play, you know, like my hands would be shaking, all mm-hmm. of that. And then I would mess up. And they'd be like, Jamie, go on the dance. You know, because I would. And you're like, I've got one. this. I swear. Like, you know, like, yeah, but I would be the one, you know, always would like get parties going or whatever, start dancing and all yeah. of that. And then is it went more into, I would say probably about 1988 is when I kind of got out of really like dancing and just mm. studying DJs. And it's like a lot of the DJs, I can tell you the five DJs was definitely Ron Hardy. Tell me. Yeah, it would be Ron Hardy, uh, especially when he was at the 2210 location of the music box. I used to get on it when it was downstairs. Uh, the, the booth. Sometimes I'd hop up there and, you know, sneak my way in and just stand in the corner and just watch. Amazing. You know, him, Andre Hatchett, who's a legend and a pioneer in Chicago. Harris Thomas, uh, Gene Hunt, Terry Hunter. Mm. It's like a lot of these guys, Mike Williams, it's, it's so many. And I don't want to just start naming, you know, names because, you know, I don't want to forget anybody. But there's so many people who were you know, inspiring to me. And then I would just study them and watch, mm. you know, what they what they would do. And how they would control, you know, the crowd. And oh, and as well, and as well, Lil Lewis. And so it's like, yeah, I would see what they were doing, and then I, my style kind of changed, and I got a little confident. And then yeah, it really changed once I got. I started doing my own kind of parties, and I started doing a lot of uh, school events and school dances and things like that. And then, yeah, I got my own equipment, and then. I was doing that was it. Yeah, and I was doing any party and I wasn't making any money. <laughs> <laughs> but playing the whole night, right? Because I feel like yeah. now obviously we see DJs playing for like one to two hours per set. But I mean, like you mentioned Ron Hardy, that was like what yeah, 10 hours? Not, like that yeah, yeah. all night. Like yeah, non-stop. Night. So for you watching them as well. You're watching them for that whole time. Yes, like really exactly. getting to know. Yeah, so <laughs> and a good practice. <laughs> it, it, exactly. So it Actually, I would bring an entire setup, pray to records, all of this, mm. you know, and have the car sitting low, heavy, you know, because it's full <laughs> of equipment and all of that. And then always I could find help to get me in the party because they want to be in the party. And then at the end of the party, can't find nobody, you know, so. <laughs> You're lugging yeah. the records out. Yeah, yeah, and lugging everything. So it, it went from that to me connecting with some friends and together, basically a sound system. And then mm. we started doing a lot of uh, sound setups at colleges. Some of the DJs who would come down from Chicago to play for like some of the black fraternity and sororities at these colleges as well. As people yeah. doing them too. So, yeah. That's, that's so, so cool. Yeah, so that's when it like really graduated into like a mm. business. And uh so yeah, I had a mobile DJ company as well. At that same time, I still was partying. And at that time I was even more into like, you know, we call it underground, underground house, a lot of stuff that was coming out in the early nineties. 
And I was just, yeah, going to the north side to eat it up. You know, and oh my God. Yeah, some of the most incredible times. And, and I can imagine. Yeah, because I was still hungry for music, you know, and I just wanted to hear, you know, new stuff. I, I Yeah, I just wanted to hear the music. Going to different venues and hearing all the new stuff, like it never stopped that kind of, that searching no. and I guess, that's like research, you know? It's, yes, it's like ex- finding exactly. the new sounds. Exactly. Yeah. You still had to and, do field work. Yeah, exactly. And actually something I was just thinking then was, I guess when you first start to hear these sounds of house as we kind of, well, as as it was then, these must have been like entirely new sounds that hadn't been created before. So that feeling, it, I can't, I can't even imagine. <laughs> I'm kind of getting chills now. Oh, me just too. flashing back because it's like, <laughs> once again, it, it's like, it was a sound mm. that was coming out of Chicago that, else outside of Chicago, some of this stuff they never mm. so it's like and we used to call a lot of this like just tracks, you know, so it's like beat tracks and things like that, but it would get the parties going and, and it's yeah. like, so it's like I can remember because I was following Lil Lewis very heavy, so I can remember hearing like early versions of French Kiss, early versions of, yeah. his, of his hits and then remembering when French Kiss, when he dropped it and what it did you know, and how would, yeah, and how he would drop these tracks sometimes, and then the whole party slam dancing, mm. and especially at Medusa's, and yeah, those days. I now that I'm I'm older and I can at at one time there were so many parties all throughout the city that, and some with mm. incredible lineups where it's like you couldn't hit everything. I had a Catholic girl school in my neighborhood, so I was able to see sometimes a lot of these DJs without having to travel. Oh, wow. But, but yeah, so I can recall hearing, you know, like, just like I say, hearing Mysteries of Love, Larry Heard the first time, you know, oh. and going to go buy it, you know, and, and all of these these songs and then seeing it grow and go into a whole nother, especially as it went into the 90s. Of course. And yeah. it's like, that's a part in a segment of Chicago house music culture and history that they really it's a part of like much a musical they, history you yeah, know yeah yeah but they really don't talk about it as much they always talk about this one segment you know yeah uh, this one the glory it's always the you know hot mix five this that and I'm not taking anything away from them but of course went in a whole nother direction in the 90s and a lot of these younger DJs went and they took it even more deeper than it's well mm. more global and it was a lot mm. more different sounds. And yeah, you, you can't deny, especially at the time in the 90s with casual guidance, you got large records. It's, it's so many labels that were in Chicago. And just like were, coming out yeah, one and, after and another, like out. nonstop. Yeah, and it, it was all from Chicago, you know. Yeah. And yeah, it, it was some good, most definitely a, a, an incredible, you know, experience. And then even, you know, some of these guys who, you know, this has been well-known legends now it's like i was there you know when some of these tracks were made you know that yeah. would be like especially like with like glenn johnson you know i would hang with them a lot and so yeah i've seen them make some of these songs mm. that were like <laughs> classics so yeah it, it's most definitely i just never thought that what i you know i'm just hanging out, i'm just doing you know mm. i like to do and learn things or whatever that i actually would be 
history. That, that's a question. That's a question I was going to ask actually. In terms of you obviously being surrounded by this, did you always know that you were going to work and have a career in music, or was it just something that you were obviously just immersed in? Did it just come naturally? Do you feel, or did you have other avenues that you wanted to go down? Um, it was always, it was always music. I always yeah. was. I want to, you know, I want to make tracks. I want to, I want to DJ. I want to DJ here. I want to do this. It, it wasn't even me thinking, oh, I'm going to go to Europe. And think, I didn't even know, <laughs> you know, I mean, I knew about <laughs> Europe, but you know, it's like, I didn't know it was, you know, I heard some things from some friends, but I'm still like, hey, I just want to play at this club here or do this to do yeah, that. Yeah, the clubs that you go to. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I want to get in there. I, I want to do that. So it actually, uh, at one time, that was all I did. And then I kind of mm. grew up a little bit <laughs> and then got a, <laughs> You know, had a job, so I actually worked 15 years at a law firm. So, wow. I, so at one time, I was DJing at night, working a day job, and at a law know, firm. <laughs> yes, at a law firm, and then it got to a point yeah. once I started traveling, you know, and going yeah. abroad. I still was yeah. doing, you know, all of this at the same time. So, yeah, most definitely. Now, if you would have told me this in the 80s, like, hey, you, you're going to be, you know, doing this all over, you know, and touring it and going over the world. Hey, man, no, you know, get out of here. <laughs> you know, yeah, whatever, you know, but it's it's become a reality. And yeah, it's uh, something that I don't take for granted. You know, I most definitely mm. don't take it for granted. It's been a lot of sacrifice, a lot of work. You know, mm. with, with a lot of artists and creatives, a lot of people see the the glory, the polished stuff. Of they course. don't know all what sacrifices have went in, you know, losses mm. of relationships and things like that, strained relationships and mm. breakdowns, whatever. <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't understand that. Of course. It, it's a lot of work and, and sacrifice to it can take its toll. Want. Yeah. And mm. and it can mm. and it can take its toll on you. So I most definitely don't take it granted, but I decided like six years ago that I was going to, uh, I believe Europe would be a place for me, you know, to be. And then I made that happen and it actually was a decision. But sometimes I still, uh, I think back and I'm like, man, I planned to do this a long time ago, but I'm glad yeah. I didn't because I wouldn't have been ready, you know, and then yeah, and then I would have been another failed Berlin moving to Berlin story, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> so, so you just did it a bit later, <laughs> right? You know, so I'm like, yeah, I just got here a, a bit later, but I most definitely, yeah. I think I tell people is that you know have to at least be able to invest in your craft, so you can't just rough it and, and be mm. a starving artist. If you can survive and be a starving artist, that's cool, but it'll make your journey a lot easier if you at least have a side hustle, some kind of part-time job or something where you can make some things happen and, yes. and be possible. It, it will make you know your life a lot 
you know, a lot easier. Exactly. And like you said, being able to, like, put money into your craft as well, because it's not cheap. Like, records aren't cheap. Like, you know, going going places, going to the clubs and stuff, like, you need some kind of... You need, you need resources. To help. Yeah, yeah, you, you need you, resources. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, I did that. So I guess that's why yeah. I kind of have a soft spot sometimes for some people. You know, hit me up and they be like, hey, you know, King, you know, you think it's possible we could get on the gift? And, and if they <laughs> do it so nice, you know, it's so cool. I mean, I yeah. understand because I know when I've gotten in or snuck in a club or party or something like that, <laughs> the best fucking time ever. So, <laughs> you know, I understand that, you know, but at the same time, I know that if you can't really invest in what you do, it's just going to be a lot harder for you. And mm. even now, it's a lot more expensive to do a lot of things, you know, especially mm. with, in regards to buying records. If you want to be a strictly vinyl DJ or what, yes, it's, it's a sacrifice. And I mean, I made that yeah. sacrifice years ago when I was buying records <laughs> when I was in school. I would save my lunch money. I wouldn't eat. Yeah. I, I would go eat at my best friend's house uh, oh my for gosh. lunch <laughs> because he lived down the street he, because he knew I was saving up money to buy records. So those are the kind of sacrifices, you know, some people aren't down to make those kind of sacrifices sometimes, you know, and, and it's not easy and it doesn't happen. I, I, I've been at it exactly. for, for some time and yeah. some people can get in and it's a lot easier now due to, you know, technology and things like that, social media. But a lot of those fly by night people, people who were hot two or three years ago, Mm. You know, they may not be ready for it, and as well as like if you really pushed out there, it is a process. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard mm. even as being established because you still have to try to find some kind of balance, you know, and try to keep keep what little bit of sanity you have because there's so many temptations, there's so many things out there that can totally, you know, throw you in the wrong direction. Yeah. And most definitely, I'm speaking from experience. Because in this game that we we're in, you know, it's all kinds of substances, touring and and playing, yes, yes, um, yes. like a lot of the time. Yeah. Like you said, it's you're in an environment which obviously everyone's there for the music, but you're around so many things. It's so it's 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 about having like having that balance. Like yeah, you said. yeah, you 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 have to have that balance. And I got caught up and had to realize some things, and you know, I. It was a challenge at first, but I mm. I made it through, and, and I'm glad to say next month I'll be two years clean and sober. So I've been doing congratulations, all, thank you. So you know I've been in this environment, and yeah. actually the alcohol is worse than anything, you know. Mm. But and it's it's there and given away, you know, freely because they have it, you know. So yeah, you, you want the biggest bottle of whiskey? Hey, here you go. You're our hairliner. <laughs> we got you here's two you know so it's easy yeah. to you know get get caught up and as well get caught up in, in the hype and it's like you you have to try to keep yourself grounded and, and mm. remember you know that you're still human you're not this a superstar and you run you, you can run yourself ragged and it's a lot of wear and tear yeah. your body and soul people think touring and all this so glamorous oh you get to go to all these places you get to and a lot of times you don't get to see anything, <laughs> you know, mm. the, the more you don't. In and out. Yeah, sometimes, a lot of times it's an in and out. And then as well, it's like, after you have to do two or three flights in a weekend or flights in a weekend or whatever, 
totally shot, you know, after that. Mm. No, see, that's not on Instagram. <laughs> no, it's not. You don't post that. You don't post that. 2 p.m. See, in bed, like, right, <laughs> yes. You, you don't see people. That's yeah. why sometimes you don't see anyone post anything on Mondays because it takes the whole time <laughs> to get used to it. You know, yeah. that stuff. So, yeah, it, there's a yeah. lot of challenges, you know, to this. So I even had to learn how to be able to coming off of a, a long flight, an international flight, while being yeah, jet lagged and, and things mm. like that. And once I, I had that experience the first time and it was not a good set, my respect mm. level for those who, who are doing it you know, yeah. nonstop, yeah. do it do it hard. Because once again, I was thinking the same thing. Like, yeah, man, I can't wait to fly. Yeah, I'm going to. So no, I had to learn, you know. Yeah. Learn. When was that? Was Was that coming over to Europe? Oh no, I was um to uh Australia. Oh my gosh. And, <laughs> That's twenty four yeah, hours. <laughs> yeah, so I was so messed up. So it's like I yeah. learned you have to if you're coming off a long flight, give yourself a day or at least yes. a half a day or something to adjust so you'll you'll mm. be cool. So yeah, this is the kind of stuff. You know, you learn by trial and error, or you learn, and then it's of like course, I just passed it. The, you know the wisdom on. You know, I see who are going that way. I'm like, hey, let me tell you, you know, and then they can <laughs> listen or they won't listen. But a lot of times they can learn. <laughs> they've learned, and then they come back and be like, hey, Jay, you was right, or hey, I get it. Thanks for telling me. You know, I, I, I got it. You know, so yeah, it, it's a, it's not a totally glamorous job, but it's still a, you know, a great thing to be able to do what I love to do and uh, exactly you know have people enjoy it you know I still get 100% fun out of we that. do I'm yeah. one of them <laughs> it's still fun out of that you know it's it, exactly it's, it's fun it's fun and when did you move over to Berlin you're in Berlin right now no so no Rotterdam girl no Rotterdam yeah oh my I'm gosh I love Rotterdam yeah I came last year 2020 just before the pandemic I okay. came over to Rotterdam yeah. And I've got to come back. It's great. Oh. When did you move there? Uh, I moved here in 2017. Uh, I used to base in Amsterdam yeah. for a few years. And then I came to Rotterdam. And a friend of mine actually told me, she was like, you're from Chicago. Rotterdam is your fit. So I was like, really? Okay. And then I came and I was like, oh, yeah. And I just felt <laughs> a vibe and an energy here. And then yeah. it reminded me so much of home because it's like mm. a working working class mindset, you know, real people. And I'm like, I love Amsterdam. Got a lot of good friends there. But no, this is yeah, this is home. So, and, yeah. And did you ever come to London? Because I feel like there's such a notion oh. that people, if you're from the States, move to London and, and straight away. But no, yeah. not for you. Yeah, I um I actually spent spent time there and it was like on my I kind of had like three places, you know, that I yeah. said I would would go to. I faced out of London before as well, but it would have been London and or Amsterdam. Yeah. It was a little bit too much for my uh taste and then I don't want to live back with eight people, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, so, fair but, enough. <laughs> but I love London. Definitely, I, mm. I love London. I've spent spent a lot of time there, so I, I love I've loved London. And you know, I had to learn. You know, times it's best to walk or take the tube. Don't take a bus. 
you know, at a certain time because you're gonna be I stuck. Agree. You're gonna be stuck <laughs> you know, in traffic and all that. So, but yeah, <laughs> definitely, I have so much love for the UK period. But London, yeah. most most definitely, because I didn't even know that I really had like a following there, and mm. it actually came from Theo Theo Parish playing a lot of my stuff at Plastic People. Mm. And it was oh. like, and it, it's like, <laughs> I didn't even know this, you know, then as well, he, you know, was telling people, you know, this is, you know, my stuff. So as well, I, I owe a lot and, and he's a good friend, but I owe a lot to Theo Parrish because he really helped quickly, you know, and most definitely in life. Yeah. And then uh, the first time I really spent time there, uh, I did an NTS radio birthday party. And, amazing yeah so that might have been like eight years ago and then i really experienced london and i was like oh <laughs> yeah and, and it's like i didn't know like this this edit i did was like a theme and <laughs> in dawson the purple music i didn't know that yeah i was just like oh <laughs> what so yeah it was so it, it's i guess the thing is once again you you can never to never take for granted dig you or dig what you do, you know, and not mm. get too comfortable. And you're like, oh, I made it. Oh, I missed on that. Because as well, some of these people, you know, that I met, they were a little younger than me. Now, some of these people are like movers and shakers. They're, you know, rising up in the game or they are up there. And it's like some yeah. of these people, you know, I just chatted with them. They want to bend my ear. Hey, you know, we could talk because I've always supported younger talent as well because this is the only way that you can keep especially if if they want to keep the funk of course the funk alive, i'm gonna whatever you know whatever you want to like, keep the torch go, burning yeah, yeah, here you, go. <laughs> you know i'm not you know i'm not not the kind of kind of person where i'm just like oh you don't know nothing about this or you know that. You know, talk down to somebody but most yeah. definitely i will you know, educate them or tell them, you know, and share experiences, you know. Of course. Do, do you feel like that's from when you were in Chicago going to, obviously you were once that person going to all of these shows and speaking to all of these people and, and wanting that kind of same, you know, that yeah. same rapport and that same yeah. kind of relationship. Yeah, but it, as well as like some of these people are and offish, you know, as well. So it's like mm. you really couldn't just approach them a certain way. You have to, have to be smooth. You know, that's the best way to put it, <laughs> you know. So it's like I, you know, if I got cool with, you know, a, a lot of these guys, and then I would be able to, you know, hang around them and watch them play yeah. or, or whatever. So it's the same thing. I, I understand it, you know, because as well as like I was that pesky, pesky little kid, you know, it's like I would ask it's records that I didn't know. What's that? <laughs> you know, what? what's that? <laughs> you know, I'm looking all over the turntable, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all that. <laughs> What song was that? What song was that? You know, because it's just, <laughs> I was just thirsty, you know, for yeah, knowledge. Yeah, excited about it. Yeah. It, you know, so, mm. yeah, so I don't, I never dis, you know, discount anybody who, you know, asks for advice or any kind of, you know, thing. You know, of course, yeah, you know, there's some weird people out there. For the most part, <laughs> if, if, if you have a little smoothness, you know, and don't come as a, you know, I, I'm still human. You know, I'm still a person. Of course. You know, it's like, yeah. that's just one part of me. You know, so it's like, just come to me, say, hey, what's up? Or 
blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to be like, hey, get away from me, you filthy peasant. You know, nothing like that. I'm not going <laughs> to, no, I'm not going to, you know, be, be that way. But yeah, if you got some weird energy or whatever, yeah, I, I have to feel you out. It's like, I've had some experiences. You can tell, though. <laughs> yeah, because I've had some experiences. It's like, whoa. Really? And, you know, because sometimes, you know, people in, in events, you know, sometimes they're, elevated that's the word they're on a level they're on a level that yeah. we're potentially not on right a whole level. i'm not and even trying to get something... to that level i'm good <laughs> no 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 that, that's actually a good place to kind of jump uh, jump into talking about like your sets and your shows obviously they're high energy and i read somewhere someone said you have a deep desire to make people lose themselves on the dance floor and forget their problems which right now I mean in this world is I feel like a super important thing um how do you prepare for a set what is it that you kind of listen for or look for when you're when you're preparing for something what's so funny is I kind of was have been asked this before and Mm. I'm like a lot of it is is improv it's yeah. like I might have a, of course, you know, as a DJ, you know, you know, you have certain mixes, you know, you do and you do or as well. You know, it's like sometimes I'm like, hey, I might want to start off like this or, or go this way. Mm. But it's like for the most part, it gets to a because I feed off of the energy, you know, of, of, of the crowd. So it's like I also have to be able to know like, hey, if this isn't working or, you know, I'm reading a room and it's not where I need to be able to go in another direction and, you know, be cool. But I also had learned this and I've, I've shared this, this tidbit with, with people before. And it, it's, you know, when I was first booked to come to Europe, I was thinking, Hey, I have to play this certain kind of way or I have to play R, I have to do this. And, it was not the best set for me. And mm. then what someone told me, a friend of mine, and then he shared this with me, and then now I share this with everyone. And told me they booked you off of hearing your mixes. So they want you. Give them. Yes. So don't think you have to cater or, you know, change because I'm playing here and there that I need to do this. No. They want your funk. That's why they hired you. Mm. That's <laughs> so give them that. You know, that's so, good advice. Yeah. So that's basically what I do. So sometimes I can have, you know, have my moves. It depends on, you know, where I want to go. Sometimes it could come from me rediscovering a song that I liked, you know, or loved. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is so long out of party. And then boom, you know, I pull it out. Or, or <laughs> sometimes, you know, you look at some people or, or zero in and be like, hey, they're going, okay, I got this, boom. They like this, yeah. okay, boom. So it, it, it's it's an energy exchange. And, and then course. sometimes it's like I can get just into my, my own and it's just like I'm doing just what I do. And so it's like sometimes I can't even really explain it. You know, it's just like sometimes you get in a zone. I mean, you can understand it. Sometimes you get in a zone. It's just a feeling. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's just a feeling and then... That's the joy of it, though, right? You're just, like, in that zone, just going for it and not really necessarily... I know it's so funny I say, how do you prepare for a set? But you're not always, like, thinking as such. It's kind of just, like, innate. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, and it's, like, sometimes those are the the best things 
you know, the best sets because sometimes it's, if you, and, and I've also, you know, told this to like, DJs who were starting out or, you know, getting out. Cause I mean, I used to do it, you know, you make your, make your pattern, we call them a pattern, but your program, you know, you make your set at DJ before you plays one of your records. And then <laughs> they panic, you know, yeah. like, like, Oh, I was going to play that. Oh, cause they're practicing <laughs> because they've practiced this one mix, this one set for so long, but they never challenged themselves to, be able to go in another direction if something happens mm. you know? and it's like you have to do that like me and my friends what we used to do have a crate of records it could be just records all over the place and we had to mix them the next record like yeah. you gotta make this fit <laughs> you, you know you gotta make it fit you know so it's like that's a good way to learn too <laughs> that also you know got us to get our chops tight you know and things yeah. like that so it's like you have to you know challenge yourself is as well and and it's very easy to get it to playing you know the same set especially as a, a, a touring dj because it's like hey they didn't these people are on the other side of the world they didn't hear me but you'll be surprised because there are some people yeah. follow you somewhere or have been in another place mm. and then they you know say, hey, this is the exact same set you know that I heard. <laughs> yeah i've heard you know people on the dance floor complain about that, about someone else, not me, but I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so you have to, you know, remember that you have to mix it up and you should want to mix it up and try new things. And, but it's For also, yourself too. Yeah. But it's also mm-hmm. kind of hard to, to do that when it's, you know, power sets and, you know, you, you got to try to fit in so much. And it's like, before you could break, Music was broken because mm. you can play things multiple, multiple times in a night. And it's now it's also like some DJs don't want to play another record because another DJ played. No matter if it's, it's the hottest joint ever, you know, they don't want to play it. And I'm like, play it, you know, make it hot, <laughs> yeah. you know, play it your way. You know, that's how you, yeah. you know, play it your way, put your twist on it, you know. Yeah. So even if it's a song I'm feeling or I'm like, hey, this is a joint that's hot. I love it. I'm gonna make these people like it. I had a two, three hour set. I might play it two times, three times. I don't care. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, hey, here it is. Do you know what? Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, actually, hearing you just say, then like you're just gonna put your own twist on it. That just made me think about your edits that you do. Is I feel like it's exactly that. It's you hearing a, a record and you're like. I'm going to put my own twist on it. Just, is, is that what happens? Do you just hear a yeah. record and you're like, let me just add some bits to it? Yeah, sometimes sometimes it is like that. But, you know, I come from, before I had my own equipment, I just mm. had tape decks. So I would do, you know, pause edits and things like that. And that's like, a Chicago has a heavy edit culture to, to begin with. So yeah. it's like I would make my own, you know, edits of things or whatever. And then as you know, technology advanced, you know, and then I started, you know, dealing with drum machines and things like that. Yeah, I would run and add extra mm. extra stuff to it. So even to now, it's like sometimes I might hear a song and I'm like, yeah, this this is cool, but it needs a little sizzle or this or that. And then sometimes that ends up turning into a full reworked version, you know, for myself. Mm. And then it's like, it's been funny because people have been like, hey, you know, what was that? And then I tell them, but then, you know, they'll be like, 
this doesn't sound like <laughs> what I heard you do. And then it'd be like, hey, you know, I yeah. kind of added, you know, did my, my own thing to it. Because sometimes mm. as well, it's like, you can have a song and I'm more groove oriented. So it's like, mm. and I come from like School of Hardy. So it's like repetitive and things like that. So, but yeah, if it keeps a groove going, because once again, I'm looking at it, dance floor. It's all about the groove. And, and, not a, <laughs> and not a DJ perspective. So I'm yeah. like, if something's having me grooving and then it drops and then it's all kinds of flutes and harps and all this kind of stuff going on, <laughs> you know, that's killing, you know, the energy, you know, and, and killing the vibe. So I'll just keep it going, you know. So it, it, it's yeah. kind of like that, you know, where, where it really kind of comes from. Once again, it's like the having that feeling of, of the dance floor and what would make people go nuts. Mm. I know what would make me go nuts. That's why I... You know, as well, I party and have a good time while I play, you know, I I feel all my shit when I play it. It's just, that's the best that's way to it. put it, you know, so, that's it, it. so it, it's not like it's no kind of antics or anything like that, because sometimes I'd be expecting me to, you know, to go off and be swinging a towel over my head away, but sometimes <laughs> um, you know, if I might be, you know, deep focused or really doing something, like I'll mix it yeah. I'm not going to be jumping around and doing all this, you know. All this, <laughs> You're in the all, zone, right? I'm in, I'm in the zone, you know. So I'm I'm focused mm. and I'm doing things, but but yeah, I just yeah, I just love to do you know what I do and and feel it, and it's just you got to feel it. Yeah, it, it's like if if it doesn't, my motto is if it doesn't make me want to shake my ass, how will it make somebody else want to shake that? There we oh. go. Well, do you know what? Talking talking of that, there's a, a track you released very recently, actually. It's uh, your edit of Music by One Way for oh. Al Hudson. <gasps> it's 12 minutes long. Yeah. And I list uh, the whole thing. I played it on my show the other week. I just played the whole thing because I was so deep in the groove. And honestly, yeah. I just have to say, I, I loved it so much. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and it's like that record, yeah, that song, or rather that whole One Way album, I mean, it, just to even give you background on that, Conway is from Detroit, and mm. it's like Midwest is home of the funk. You know, you got Dayton, Ohio, you got Cincinnati, you got Naptown, Indianapolis, you got Chicago, you got Detroit. So it's just a, a different kind of flavor and, and freshness, yeah. and it's like Al Hudson and One Way had a big, big following in Chicago. So it's like, I grew up on this album as a kid mm. and I love the song music. And then, like I say, you fast forward a few years and then I'm hearing this at a party and I'm <laughs> losing it, you know? So it's like some of these songs, you know, that bubbled up from the underground, these were songs yeah. that I knew, you know, as a kid. And it's like, I would go to these you know, older DJs were like, hey, I got that at home. And they'd be like, man, get away from you. You know, but I did, <laughs> you know, because I had a, you know, collection from my parents and, you know, everybody else. But yeah, so it's like that song, once again, it's like I focused in on, on certain parts that I love. Mm. And, and it's like, it's so much going on in that song. If you really yeah. listen to it, especially just like the piano tickles and all this other stuff, the guitars and especially at the end you know that's like yeah. one of my parts and then sometimes I make long edits and it's like I don't care I just <laughs> I just make it long 
because it, it emphasizes it's so good, certain though. songs. But then as well, sometimes I do them so I got to have a nice intro or certain things. Or yeah. I might create a certain kind of break and then another kind of break or mm. but things like that. But it's like sometimes you can it's you can make a, a song, an edit. If you can make an edit uh, extension of a song for like nine to ten minutes and it doesn't drive people crazy in the wrong kind of way, it doesn't just sound extremely monotonous, that's good. You know, and that, that's yeah, how I look exactly. at it. You know, that's good. Yeah. You know, where you I don't agree. even tell that you've been been dancing or listening to the song for this long because it's just like it keeps going, but it gets better. That's exactly it. That's how I felt when I was listening to it. And I was like, I was like, oh my God, it's been 12 minutes. I've been listening to it, but I was so deep into it. And I feel like a lot of music now is short. Like tracks are pretty short. Um, so I feel like it's so nice to hear. I think it's so nice to hear that length in music. Yeah. Because if, like you said, if you've got a beautiful track, why not? Like, yeah, and it's have like, the full I, extent of it. Yeah, but sometimes that's also you know, kind of hard just for people out here, period, because you have, you know, you have so accustomed to, with the short attention span, and it's so accustomed to you mm. hearing something just for a few minutes or hearing, you know, a DJ drop from boom, 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 you know, so it's like they can't even get deep into a song or really understand mm. it or get it because after a while, because the average song now, radio song is three minutes long. At, three minutes you know it's, it's, it's three minutes so it's just like yeah yeah so some people if it doesn't get get them you know by a certain point they're going to be bored so it's where they're you, out yeah you need to know when you can play something long mm. and, but then sometimes you just gotta have musical balls and say fuck it and just i'm gonna make these people like it you know regardless yes. i love it so i'm gonna make you like it you know so exactly yeah, <laughs> i love it you know i love it and you should too <laughs> You know, and it's well, you know, people's taste, you know, musical taste, it's, it's personal. So something mm. that might make you, you know, all extra emotional, bring tears to you. I might be like, man, that song is shit, you know, and my <laughs> you know, it's so true. I had so I had to learn this, you know, so it's like I try not to knock people, you know, for the musical taste or I can be a musical snob. And then sometimes I can be musically open. I mm. for, for certain things, you know. I, I'm just trying not to be the, the turn into the, the grumpy old dude yelling at the cloud, you know. So <laughs> you know, and so I, I myself, at- <laughs> yeah, you know. So I keep my, yeah. you know, sorry about that, but yeah, I keep my, right. my ears and mind open, and as well, that's yeah, also sure. why I've also embraced and supported, you know, younger DJs because they turn me on. Mm, you know, to mm. different styles and different things. And then as well, then I can, you know, give them some teaching moments uh, on some things like, oh, you like this kind of stuff? Well, hey, check this out. You know about this? And yeah, for stuff. sure. And then they'd be like, oh, cool. You know, and then once again, it's each one teach one. So that's it. Yeah. So so that helps, you know, helps a lot. So yeah, I like to hear, I, I, you know, I like to know what's hot. So then I know, hey, this is cool or nah. I felt that actually, like you said, I feel like, listening to a taste of chicago which was released by yourself last year i feel like it 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 kind of was that it was you opening up a sound to people who might not necessarily have heard those tracks before and going hey this is this is what the scene sounded yeah. and looked almost looked like when yeah. it came into fruition you know and yeah, i feel definitely. like it's, it, it also for me 
listening is just like, wow, it's still so futuristic, you know? And it just yeah. highlights the longevity of it all, which I really love from, from yeah. that EP. You know, and it's like the, because it took, I went through a lot of licensing issues for, for certain things. So it went in so many directions. And then right. I decided to, you know, reach out to, because basically every artist that's on there, I know them, you know, personally. Yeah. So I was like, I know how to make this easy, <laughs> you know? So I did it, did it that way. But I wanted to bring something from like, okay, this is the taste of the early days that you may not know. Okay, this is from the middle, this is 90s, and then this is this, you know? Because once again, it's like some people just say, oh, you're from Chicago. And they kind of just turn up like, oh, I love Chicago house. You know, and then it's like, <laughs> it, if it's not the old, you know, like Jack, Jack, Jack kind of stuff. Yeah. It's kind of like a sound that's kind of like, uh, and this is no diss to, to my guys, but, you know, kind of like Sneak or, mm. you know, Derek Carter with the bumpity. It's like, it's, that's why I try to yeah. tell people, like, it's so much and it's so many, mm. many segments and, you know, sides to it. So when they talk about Chicago, sometimes I felt like, especially... I knew these songs worked and worked in all kinds of underground venues that I played. Mm. So I'm like, let me represent and give you a taste, you know, of Chicago and a different of all of taste. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all of it. You know, so that that's that's where, that. where where that came from, and that was most definitely a labor of love, and then as well, it was a tribute to my family. So in the collage, mm. that's that's all my family. You know, that those are my grandparents on the cover oh, at a wow. house at a basement house party you know you oh cool yeah so you see the bottles and then the stack of records yeah that's the kind of yeah. stuff I grew up yeah so yeah yeah so it's, it's a tribute to 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 all of them because that's how i learned how to you know party and get down yeah i love that where it comes from i love that and actually like talking about the history and the origins i was Something which I'm very interested in, and I think as someone who's still learning so much about the history and the roots within the music, I, I just find it so, I found it really important for myself and like my own identity to kind of know the, the black history of, of Chicago and the music that came out of it, you know? Um, yeah. I guess it's not so much a question, but I feel like what is it like for you now to see the music which came out of Chicago being kind of represented across the world. And obviously it's, things have to grow. They have to change. They have to, you know, mold in and out. But I think it's been really interesting for me in the past couple of years yeah. to see people really starting to understand, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like out time, but you mm. know, as well, it's like, there's so many, so much musical history in mm. Chicago and then especially from the 50s through the 60s yeah you know because you had chess records you know you had in my mind now but the black owned label uh mm. had the Beatles first oh my god I can't remember this now I'm feeling bad but uh <laughs> you know you had record row on, on South Michigan Avenue Brunswick Wick Records all of these records Curtis yeah. Mayfield you know it was mm. so much soul and, and things happening, you know, in Chicago. And I still knew about that being a kid or whatever, because this legendary DJ on the radio who passed away, Herb Kent, he played mm. from the 50s throughout, 
you know, and mm. he would play, we call them Dusties. And so it's like all these records I would learn, you know, from mom playing them, seeing her jamming and dancing and all of that. And then I got into the history, you know, later on in life because I love history. So then when I find mm. the black name, uh, the black owned label was VJ Records. That's it. BJ. There we go. There we go. It came back to me. But yeah, so knowing how much musical, you know, power it was was already in Chicago, and then seeing once again another movement, um, and me seeing it from rising up to being in the middle yeah. of it with house music, and then to see you know like the world takes it, and mm. then it's like it's to the point, and it's it's the same thing just like with. With techno and this is so crazy yeah. that this music has roots in black culture but then it gets shipped out mm. and then, then the imagery changes and then you have black people back in these other places and they're like that's white music yeah that's for white exactly music. that's for white people you like techno mm. uh, you like how mm. that's white people music you know, and it's just like, wow. You know, it, it's pretty yeah. crazy to see it go, you know, to, to have seen the direction, mm. you know, and, and the way mm. and, and the way it's went. And actually now due to the climate of the world and things like that, I'm glad there is some awareness, you know. Yeah. Now noticing, but as well as for a lot of us who have been speaking out on this. Of course. You know, now they're For years. Mm, yeah, for years, mm. and now they're seeing, you know, that we're not just being, you know, problematic. <laughs> you know, all these words they have, code words, and all. I know. That. Yeah, you know, <laughs> they, they see, you know, when they see the the history, the roots. Some people, you know, still get it, and some people don't, because I've seen that yeah. online, you know, and, and mm. it's just like said to LeBron James, just shut up and dribble the ball, boy. It's been the same thing with them saying, just shut up mm. and play music or just shut up and make yeah. music. Why are you bringing yeah. race into this? Why are you bringing color into this? Music is no color. It has no color and all of that. Well, it affects me very differently mm. because I don't know where it came from. I know what yeah. it did to me and for me and for many people. And then to yeah. see us get swept you know away swept under the rug and then just discounted you know like we didn't play a part in this and as well as to see these people profit immensely from yeah it. like a crazy crazy, yeah, crazy, amount. crazy, and crazy not to profit. be distributed or, or any any of it really yeah. awarded or attributed to the communities that started it right oh oh insane. no yeah, yeah, and as well as, you know, it's very interesting to see how, you know, you, you have these people who, you know, they've made a lot of money, you know, off of black, yeah. you know, off of black culture and things like that. And it's almost so parallel to the way the blues musicians were treated with rock and roll. Yeah. Because, mm. like, some of these artists... You're in big artists like Led Zeppelin. Exactly. And and blatantly ripped off some of these artists, like Willie Dixon or whatever. And then after they are making gangs of money, then they're like, oh, let's bring our influences over 
to play a festival. <laughs> and then they're on the little side stage or whatever. And then they're doing the same thing to the black, some of the black pioneers of dance music. It's kind of yeah. like the same thing. It, it's very interesting where it's just like, wow. You know? It feels quite blatant in a way to me. I, I really find it so interesting that it's it's been obviously a lot of the community do not accept it and, and, and speak up about this, but I feel like the lack of disregard or the want to kind of ignore is honestly wild. It is it's very wild, but it's like sometimes, hey, you got to have those uncomfortable conversations. You, you, yeah. But as well as the, 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 biggest, the biggest thing that can help also change things, not just, just us, saying this but their own checking them and tell them no this mm. is this isn't right no that's not right because they're going to say we're doing what we are they're just bitching and moaning and complaining mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you know but when their own industry peers and friends connect correct them rather yeah some of their faults and educate you know, and educate them like oh man you know what this ain't right or as well mm. as opening themselves up to even wanting to be aware or you know checking some things out it, it, it doesn't mean that hey i'm about to play all on your white guilt but i'm just saying <laughs> you, know, you have to sometimes take Learn a look some history back, you know take a look <laughs> yeah. back and maybe you know take the rose colored glasses off maybe get out of that box and then try to look at it from a totally different perspective then mm. maybe you may see it. I mean, I've seen it happen, you know, especially within this past year, how, how the world is. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some people who really got, you know, different perspective on yeah. some things, especially with, you know, like, hey, I didn't even realize, like, hey, I'm I'm doing some ap- cultural appropriation and I really, you know, <laughs> I just thought it was cool. You know, to wear, yeah. you know, to wear all this kente cloth and, you know, all of this and, you know, kente cloth and play African music. And it's, it's, Let me tell you. Yeah, you know, like maybe you might want to yeah. think about, you know, think about it or whatever. But, but it is, it's about the education, right? It's, I think, like you said, the past year we've seen, I think, I hope um, a shift in how people recognize the the scene that we are in um and i think i I, i'm i don't know about you i'm waiting to see how it reflects into the the clubs and the festivals and the lineups and things like that oh oh, yeah because you know when they had the whole uh at the black square of solidarity (laughs) uh i i uh i was like okay I was even kind of hesitant and mm. I'm like, maybe I'll do it or whatever. But, and, and it's not just being pessimistic, it, it's being mm. realistic where mm. I just said, I'm going to watch. I'm going to sit back and watch some of these, uh, you know, some of these organizers, some of these companies and, you know, see what they say. You know, it's almost like a lot of these people had like a generic you know, kind of template that they used. And then, even though everything was closed, some of these same people ended up having virtual festivals and things like that. And it was 99% white. After you had the Black Square of Solidarity. 
So I'm like, here we go. You know, yeah. like it's, it, it's that kind of stuff. So it, it's like, I'd rather look at your actions after the, the, the trendiness of trying to be associated with, you know, it was off. Black Lives Matter and yeah. things like that. I, I like to see how you are after things kind of get back, you know, in, in a mm. certain way. And then, you know, they'll know. Because I, I, just like I said, I know there's a lot of people who know and have been watching. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just as well, you know, eating because yeah. Used to this, and it's sad that we even have. It's not. It's not a new story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And some people Mm. don't understand that. You know that. Right. This is almost like a cycle. I'm like the same kind of stuff was happening 50 years ago. It's the exact Mm. same stuff, and then you sprinkle in some, oh, some black people, some blackness, things like that, and then (laughs) to a point where, and it's already happening now, and I see it. It's like black is here. Black is the shit. So everyone's going to be using any kind of blackness for marketing mm. purposes and things like this. And they did the same thing 50 years ago, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm like, it cycles. I'm like, I, I, I see it just. You're just like, you're just like watching. We're just watching and just, yeah, just you know, yeah. But, you know, it's very interesting because I've always talked about this is it, that how it's been a, club you know with this mm. this industry number one as well how there's not you know it's not a lot of women uh, yeah. and you know a lot of you know black people minorities whatever in places of position and control like there's not many yeah you know PR companies many promotion companies J agencies things like mm. that and, and I'm like until you can get some people in some of these prime, you know, places and positions, that's the only way you're going to get some kind of change, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so sometimes you can't just sit back, you know, and wait, you just got to do it. And I'm actually seeing some of that happen, you know, and change. So it's making me feel, you know, it's like a positive step. It's, It's good to see that those people are coming up and I feel like, there's a generation of people who are really pushing for it, which is, is in a different way that was, yeah. I think, feel like it's possible, you know? Yeah, I, I know it people, is. And people are listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm. I'm seeing it a lot uh, in the UK, definitely. I'm, mm. I'm seeing that a lot, you know, in the UK more than anything. As well as just a lot of collectives and connections yeah. and things going on, especially because everyone's had a lot of time on their hands. You know, and there's a lot of connections and things happening. I'm seeing it and it makes me feel good. So I'm like, yeah, you know, that there's a lot of good stuff, you know, happening. There is. And a lot of a lot of dope young artists who are coming out doing their thing. So that, that's a that's a good that's a good one actually to ask you. What like are there any collectors that come to mind or artists who you're like really excited about? You know, sometimes it's hard to just go off the top of my. I know. I'm like, I'm like, that's a hard because question. Because then I'm, because then I'm gonna start messing up names. You know, and I, I can like, you know, or or even like, or even a club that you are excited to go back to oh. when we're allowed back in the venues. Is there somewhere that you have thought, oh, I'd just love to be in that space? Oh, that's easy. Let it go. Okay, that's easy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
actually, um, it would a, a place that I, I like uh, playing and I would like to play again, especially in London, would be uh, uh, the Pickle Factory. Oh, yes. The Pickle Factory. <laughs> Pickle, pickle Factory. I, I yes. like that room. And then as well Me as Star. Too. And then as you play later, the sunlight kind of comes through. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, it's... I had had an incredible time there. Most definitely, I like, I really like playing and I like playing, I like London. I, I really like London. Yeah. I like the UK. Uh, mm. So yeah, most definitely just coming back to play a proper room in London. I prefer yeah. rooms with no more than like 300. I don't like extremely large rooms because I, I get the feel. It's the a energy small, intimate space. Oh yeah, you know, and it just gets intense, mm. you know, and, and I hope. Mm. But honestly, I, I'm just ready to be able to you know, play in a dark room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just want to play in a dark you know, in a dark room. Mm. I mean, I'm very, mm. I'm very blessed to know that, you know, I have some, some bookings that are coming in and they're all going to be in the UK and there's festivals, you know, and once again, I'm not being ungrateful for anything, no. but I prefer to play in, in a room, you know, in the small room. Yeah. Yeah. In the small, it's, it's just, it's just perfect, you know, but now mm. as well is, <laughs> Because I'm just going to be honest with you now, Will, it's just like, I don't, it's going to take some while a time to get used to being around sweaty people, you know? Of course. Yeah. And in a sweaty room as well with like oh. sweat falling from the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. While I might say I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> Open there. I, I think it's going to be some, some baby steps, you know, that, that's going to have to be made before I can, I can get to that but. Yeah, I just, on that. Yeah, but I just really missed the um because like I've done a, a few a handful of live streams and I'm not a huge fan of it as myself, mm. you know. But during this lockdown, that helped so many people, you know. And I mean, I tuned in and checked a lot of you know people out and things like that myself. So this helped people, you know. So mm. I I didn't really look down, you know, on people doing that. There were some people who. You know, we're looking down or being snobbish or whatever. But I was like, if this didn't show you was an equalizer when you had world famous DJs spinning in their living room, that should have let you know. <laughs> 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 you know, like they regular, yeah. you know, just like anybody else. So, yeah, know. exactly. <laughs> so I checked out but a it wasn't for you. Yeah, it, it, was it because of that that energy, like you were saying, like you having yeah. a crowd or something that that is what makes yeah, you tick, you know, like having that crowd. Yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of hard, but it depends because it's like, I actually would rather do audio than video. Mm. Uh, but it's like still the same thing, you know, it's, it's kind of like I'm making something at home or making a mix or whatever, but I just, the whole thought of feeling like I have a camera on me, you know, it's mm. like sometimes it's like, Ugh. You know, it's so, a lot, yeah. yeah, it's yeah a lot. You know, and it's just like, mm. oh, that's especially, yeah. And then people doing it live and all, yeah, more more power to you. Respect. <laughs> you know, respect. so yeah, you know, there's a lot of people who I talk, you know, I talk to a lot of people, and there's a lot of people yeah. who said that, you know, listening to so many DJ sets and all these, even 
known DJs and unknown DJs. It helped so many people out during, you know, all of these lockdown periods, you know, all of that, because music still does heal, you know, so, mm. hey, you know, I had people doing your, your living room raves and all that, hey, you know, I, I got a hundred percent, Yeah, you know, I got to jack on <laughs> myself a few times, you know, listening to, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's cool, yeah. you know, you, you can't, I, I try, I, like I said, I really try not to, you know, knock people for what they do, I just know what's, of course, what for me was my lane or whatever, but also, mm. things from a different perspective, so I'm like, yeah, if it's mm. helping people, it's helping people. Hey, do what you do. Well, look, I was listening to your uh, Boiler Room from 2017, or was it 2018, uh, the other day, and I was I was vibing in my living room. So I feel like it's been quite nice to listen back to, to live sets, actually, as well. Yeah, that um, that party was, it, it was the interesting, <laughs> just the, and I don't mean it in a bad way, it was just like I was going through some personal things, you know, right. that day. And it's like I kind of had. And now here's an example of going back to something that you asked me earlier. I kind of planned a set. Ah. <laughs> but <laughs> I had some issues and couldn't get it, you know, get get it the way I wanted to. So I kind of. How you went, wanted it. So I kind of went to almost like a semi autopilot. Um, but, you know, I've. Because at first I was just like, man, I hate it because I just knew I wasn't to me my best. Mm. And then so many people were just like, we love it. You know, we love this set. And then as well, I had so many people come to me, even at gigs, and they were like, play your boiler room set all the time and we just party. Yeah. And then I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, oh well, hey, it's not that bad. I like, okay, you know. Cool. So you <laughs> know, I feel like you're your own worst critic, you know. Oh, exactly. Like what you what might think is different. Yeah. We would watch it and be like, yeah, wow. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and it's like I had to learn that again. You know, just like yeah, like it wasn't my best, but if someone else is like, hey, I love it, you know, like okay, cool. You know, take the compliment. You know, don't <laughs> yeah, don't, don't don't knock it down because that's the thing as well. You know, I, I explain to people is that, you know, sometimes you don't know. That's what I mean about making people lose themselves in music, because it's like people go to dance their troubles away. So mm. it's like people go to get lost in music for for a reason. And it, it helps, you know, it helps people. And with that being taken away, you know, that's why mm. it's been so hard for a lot of people as, as well. It's not just about people you know, get drunk and high and just jump all around. No, it's a community aspect to it. It's a lot mm. more, you know, to it. And it's deeper than that. It's, 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 it's much more deeper than that. And I actually had had someone come to me. They told me, came to one of my parties and they were like in a very, very low, you know, place. Mm. They were depressed and things like that. And it not going in a good direction. And they came to the party and it totally changed them and where they were at and in my set. Wow. And it was just like, you saved my life. Mm. And I'm like, I never had anyone say anything, you know, like wow. that to me. But you never know who you touch or how you're touching people or what mm -hmm. people are going through, you know, on the dance mm. floor. Because people do come to dance and, you know, it's that's the power of music. Yes. Mm. Yes. So you know you have to I love remember you're doing a you're really doing a service 
you know, to people. Mm. And some people have to remember that, you know, it's yeah. as, as I was taught years ago, it's about the party first. All everything yes. else is whatever. It's about the party. You know, everything else is whatever. Wrong with these people are having a good time. That's that's what it's about. That's what your focus should be. Not worrying Amen. about about <laughs> how many how many points the font is on the flyer for your name. You know. <laughs> you know, they they didn't give you all green M&Ms, all that kind of stuff. You know, it's, it's like, like, stop tripping. You know, don't be a yeah. diva, you know, just for, just because. We're here to party. It's like, come on, man. You know, just, just stop. I love that. I love that. And do you know what? I feel like that is a beautiful place to conclude this wonderful interview with you. Um, it's been so wonderful. I feel like we could carry on talking for a really long time. Oh, yeah. You good people. You good people. Yes. <laughs> and it's, it's also, you know, it, it's, it's, I could talk like about, you know, this culture I came up with, you know, yeah. I've seen so much, seen so much change and even, you know, how my whole world perspective changed and that came from me traveling and, mm. you know, opened my mind up to, to so much. So it's always, this is something, like I said, I don't take for for granted because I know a lot of talented people, especially back home, who wish they could have some of these opportunities as well, may have had some of these opportunities squandered them. Life happened or things like that. So it, it keeps me grounded and, you know, just makes me more thankful and grateful you know, people loving, you know, what I, what I do, you know, and I would be 100%. doing this regardless. I would still be doing it. I'd just be doing it. In yeah. Life. But this is just the outlet. Some <laughs> play video games. I play records. But it. <laughs> and it's a good one at that. Um, look, it's been brilliant. What, where, where could, are you allowed to announce anywhere that we could potentially see you in the summer or are they all uh, under wraps still? No, 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 no. I can run it down. Uh, I know. Oh, give us uh, a few. <laughs> I know in July, July twenty sixth, I will yeah. be playing with. <laughs> oh my god, ain't <laughs> handy. But I know I'm going to be playing with fucking even in uh, Sheffield, I believe. Uh, I'm oh, cool. also doing a gala festival. Yeah, in London. I'm there too, so I will see you there. Yeah, yeah I'm going to be playing with uh, <laughs> with Jada. Uh, oh, that, and then Liverpool Disco Festival is as well July uh, last weekend in July. Uh, yeah, doing a four hour set with a uh, Mr. Scruff. Wow. Uh, defected in September. Defected festival. Um, Amazing. Actually. A, a defected uh, party in London, rather, uh, September 2nd, I believe. Uh, Sunsabit in Croatia, July nice. through August, and as well, defected uh, festival. So, yeah, I'm going to be in the UK a bit too. So, most definitely, I, I cool. hear we all hang out. Yeah, so. that'd be so fun. I'll be there at the front. I'll be at all the right. front. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, again, thank you so much. And thank you so been- much. Thank you so A much. A joy. Yeah, yeah. And 
I look forward to seeing you on the dance floor. Oh, yeah. I can still boogie. I can still get down. <laughs> yeah. I can still get down. So look out. <laughs> Thank you for listening to RA's Exchange with Jamie326 and Helena Starr. I'll have a new episode for you next week. Until then, our full archive is available for you to take in. And if you find something you love, please leave us a review in Apple Podcasts as it helps get our stories to more ears. <laughs>